0: hey drunk mythology friends i'm kate and i'm the other jen
1: and i'm kim i'm saving my voice oh shit
2: <laughs> that scared me and we're the Tra- drunk dracula gals, gals. Dracula gals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. oh
0: this is gonna be a fun day
2: oh yeah And you know why? Because this is Chapter 8 of Bram Stoker's Dracula, celebrating the month of Drunk Dracula Gals, also called October. Also called Drunktober.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is so awesome. (laughs) And Dracula's public domain. Hello, intellectual property lawyers. We love you.
2: And if you'd like to sponsor us or maybe just help us with our class action lawsuit against the (laughs) Whitby Daily Graph for writing such a fucking long-winded news article in the last...
0: Uh, Or we might be getting sued by somebody else for bad accents, but yeah. We're not talking about that anymore. (laughs) I think that (laughs) might be outside the scope of intellectual property lawyers, maybe. Anyway. Anyway, well,
2: here we go. Back to England. Yeah, you know what's coming. Recap. That's right. So here we go. So we start with a news article, and I use the most icon- ironic possible air quotes around the word news, because clearly Stroker has never written or possibly even <laughs> read a news article in his life, because even super shitty Victoria news articles never describe the flaming colors of a sunset. But clearly this guy wanted to be an accountant. I'm also pretty sure his editor just gave up and is over sobbing quietly in a corner because he now knows that regional newspaper jobs will never, ever get him to the big London p- newspapers, and he'll be stuck editing fatheads like this dude forever and ever. Okay, maybe I'm triggered. I digress. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we have the longest fucking note in a bottle ever written left by a sad <laughs> Russian sea captain who has a really, really bad taste in first mates. Also, everyone seems to want to join in a chorus of Arms of the Angels for the big black dog that jumped ashore and Mina goes back to the haba. Uh, oh, and Lucy sleepwalks as and is still punchable. Anyway, carry on. So,
1: uh, you know the accent that I've been using? I hope you yes. really like it. Oh, yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> I I, I live by it.
1: Yeah, because you're going to hear a lot of it over the next few minutes. So uh, brace yourself, folks, because it's time for <laughs> Mina Murray's Journal. <laughs> Same day, 11 o'clock p.m. But I am tired. If I were not that I had made my diary a duty, I should not open it tonight. We had a lovely walk. Lucy, after a while, was in gay spirits, owing, I think, to some dear cows who came nosing towards us in a field close to the lighthouse, frightened the wits out of us. I believe we forgot everything except, of course, personal fear, and it seemed to wipe the slate clean and give us a fresh start. We had a capital Sevilla tea at Robins Hood Bay in a sweet little old-fashioned inn with a bow window right over the seaweed covered rocks of the Strand. I will I say believe- that
2: being chased by cows is scary. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is. Their, their faces are gigantic. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I believe we should have shocked the quote-unquote new woman with our appetites. (laughs) Men are more tolerant, bless them. Then we walked home with some or rather many stoppages to rest and with our hearts full of constant dread of wild bulls. Wait,
2: wait. because they're just running around?
1: Uh, Maybe that's a big problem out there on the strand. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Wow. Lucy was really tired, and we intended to creep off to bed as soon as we could. The young curate came in, however, and Mrs. Westenra asked him to stay for supper. Lucy and I had both a fight for it with the Dusty Miller. I know it was a hard fight on my part, and I am quite heroic. Now, I had to look this up. Dusty <laughs> Miller seems yeah. to be a uh, Victorian flower symbolism for uh, fortitude for staying awake. Basically, they they uh, had a fight with the Sandman, and oh. they won. Oh, that's, I had to look because no, no. I didn't know what that meant. Okay. I think that someday the bishops must get together and see about breeding up a new class of curates who don't take supper with no matter how may be pressed to and will know when girls are tired. Lucy's asleep and breathing softly. She has more color in her cheeks than usual and looks oh so sweet. If Mr. Holmwood fell in love with her, seeing her only in the drawing room, I wonder what he would say if he saw her now. Oh my God, how naughty. Really? Sassy. Some of the new women writers will someday start an idea that men and women should be allowed to see each other asleep before proposing or accepting. I kind of concur, but I suppose the new woman won't condescend in the future to accept. She will do the proposing herself, and a nice job she'll make of it too. There's some consolation in that. I am so happy tonight because dear Lucy seems better. I really believe she's turned the corner and that we are over her troubles with dreaming. Girl, in in Yiddish, we call it putting the cane of horror on something. Don't do that. You jinx it. That's the Jewish jinx. Don't do that.
2: You can't see it? I'm making those metal, like, metal devil symbol hands. Right.
1: (laughs) She finishes by saying, I should be quite happy if I only knew if Jonathan, God bless and keep him. (laughs) (laughs) 11 august he doesn't
2: know how to do it himself (laughs) (laughs)
1: 11 august 3 a.m diary again no sleep now so i may as well write i am too agitated to sleep we have had such an adventure such an agonizing experience (laughs) i fell asleep as soon as i had closed my diary suddenly i became broad awake and sat up with a horrible sense of fear upon me and of some feeling of emptiness around me the room was so dark So I could not see Lucy's bed. I stole across and felt for her. The bed was empty. I lit a match and found she was not in the room. The door was shut, but not locked as I had left it. I feared to wake her mother, who has been more than usually ill lately. So I threw on some clothes and got ready to look for her. As I was leaving the room, it struck me. The clothes she wore might give me some clue to her dreaming intention. Dressing gown would mean house, dress outside. Dressing gown and dress were both in their places. Well, Thank clearly God. she means, uh, and if
2: she's just going out in her nightgown, that means sex. Right?
1: <laughs> Thank God, I said to myself, she cannot be far as she's only in a nightdress. I ran down, <laughs> I ran downstairs and looked in the sitting room. Not bad. Then I looked at all the other open rooms of the house with an ever-growing fear chilling in my heart. Finally, I came to the hall door and found it open. It was not wide open, but the catch of the lock had not caught. The people of the house are careful to lock the door every night, so I feared that Lucy must have gone out as she was. There was no time to think of what might happen. A vague, overmastering fear obscured all details. I took a big, heavy shawl and ran out. The clock was striking one as I was in the crescent, and there was not a soul in sight. I ran across the north terrace, but could see no sign of the white figure, which I expected. At the edge of the west cliff above the pier, I looked out across the harbor (laughs) (laughs) to the east cliff in hope or fear, I don't know which, of seeing Lucy in our favorite seat. There was a bright full moon with heavy black driving clouds which threw the whole scene into a fleeting diorama of light and shade as oh, they sailed Jesus across. Yeah. For a moment oh wait this doesn't this doesn't oh, there's not even a gas station between us and the end of this diary entry. Right. For a moment or two I could see nothing as the shadow of a cloud obscured St Mary's church and all around it. Then, as the cloud passed, I could see the ruins of the abbey coming into view, and as the edge of a narrow band of light as sharp as a sword cut moved along, the church and the churchyard (laughs) became gradually visible. Whatever my expectation was, it was not disappointed, for there, on our favorite seat, the silver light of the moon struck a half-reclining figure, snowy white. The coming of the cloud was too quick for me to see much, for the shadow shut down on light almost immediately, but it seemed to me as though it stood something... uh, so, though, something dark stood behind the seat where the white figure shone and bent over it. Oh. And what it was, whether man or beast, I could not tell. Uh, uh, I did not wait on. to catch. Yes. Bestiality? Mm-hmm. Really? What? Oi. Hey. You Just saying. Hey. All right. We'll uh, see what man happens. Man or beast? Could not tell, did not wait to catch another glance, but flew down the steps to the pier and along by the fish market to the bridge, which is which is the only way to reach the East Cliff. The town seemed dead for not a soul did I see. I rejoiced that it was so, for I wanted no witnesses of poor Lucy's condition. The time and distance seemed endless, much like this diary. And my knees trembled and my breath came labored as I toiled up the endless steps to the abbey. Girl, do cardio.
2: Don't skip cardio day.
1: I, she's getting her steps in. I must have gone fast, and yet it seems to me as if my feet were weighted with lead and as every joint in my body were rusty. I can dig that. When I got to almost to the top, I could see the seat and the white figure, for now I was close enough to distinguish it even through the spells of shadow. There was undoubtedly something long and black bending over the half reclining white figure. I called in fright, Lucy, Lucy, and something raised ahead. And from where I was I could see a white face and red gleaming eyes. Lucy mm-hmm. did not answer, and I ran onto the entrance of the churchyard. As I entered, the church was between me and the seat, and for a minute or so, I lost sight of her. When I came in view again, the cloud had passed, and the moonlight struck so brilliantly, I could see Lucy half reclining, with her head lying back over the seat. She was quite alone, and there was not a sign of any living thing about. I'm oh like, wow. wait, wait, but- did, uh, I gotta stop and take a drink of water so yeah, you yeah, guys yeah, talk yeah, amongst yourselves. I mean,
2: she saw another figure with gleaming mm-hmm. red eyes. And then she's like, oh, it was just Lucy oh, gone. Like, what?
1: Yeah. gone, on. Mina. okay, mean wow. <laughs> When I bent over her, I could see, see that she was still asleep. Her lips were potted and she was breathing. Not softly as usual with her, but in long, heavy gasps as though striving to get her lungs full at every breath. Or when I came close, I'd she just- put...
2: Saying those gasps might have been something else. Just
1: settle down. As I came close, she put up her hand in her sleep and pulled the collar of a nitrous close around her throat. While she did, there came a little shudder through her as though she felt the cold. <laughs> okay. your, your theory is starting to be borne out here a little right? bit. Right? Fl- <laughs> I flung the warm shawl over her and drew the edges tightly around her neck. For I dreaded she should get some deadly chill from the night air, unclad as she was. I feared to wake her up all at once. So in order to have my hands free that I might help her, I fastened the shawl at her throat with a big safety pin. But I must have been clumsy in my anxiety and Mm -hmm. pinched her, pricked her with it. For by and by, when her breathing became quieter, she put her hand to her throat again and moaned. I'm sure that's from the safety
2: pin. I'm sure she's moaning
1: because of the safety pin. Yeah. When I had carefully wrapped her up, I put my shoes on her feet, and then gradually, very gently, to wake her. At first, she did not respond, but she became more and more uneasy in her sleep, moaning and sighing occasionally. At last, as time was passing fast, and for many other reasons, i you're not alone, I wished to get her <laughs> home at once. I shook her more forcibly, <laughs> till finally she opened her eyes and awoke. She did not seem surprised to see me, as, of course, she did not realize at all whence where she was – Lucy always wakes prettily, and even at such a time when her body must have been chilled with cold and her mind somewhat appalled at waking unclad in a churchyard at night, she did not lose her grace. <laughs> she trembled a little and clung to me when I told her to come at once with me home. She rose without a word with the obedience of a child. It's the As pageant passed- training. <laughs> <laughs> As we passed along, the gravel hurt my feet, and Lucy noticed me wince. She stopped and wanted to insist upon my taking my shoes, but I would not. However, when we got to the pathway outside the churchyard where there was a puddle of water remaining from the storm, I dabbed my feet with mud, using each foot in turn on the other. So as we went home, no one, in case we should meet any other, should notice my bare feet. Because that's
2: what you're worried about. We're flex
1: lady, but all right, you do you.
0: Wow. (laughs)
1: Fortune favored us, and we got home without meeting a soul. Once we saw a man who seemed not quite sober passing along a street in front of us, but we hid in a door till he had disappeared up an opening such as there are. Steep little closes or... Wines! As they call them in Scotland. <laughs> My heart beat so loud all the time that sometimes I thought I should faint. I was filled with anxiety about Lucy, not only for her health, lest she should suffer from the exposure, but for her reputation in case the story should get wind. When we got in and washed our feet, thank God for that, (laughs) and said a prayer of thankfulness together, I tucked her into her bed. Before falling asleep, she asked, even implored me not to say a word to anyone, even her mother, about her sleepwalking adventure. I hesitated at first to promise, but on thinking of the state of her mother's health, and how the knowledge of such things would fret her, and thinking, too, of how such a story might become distorted, nay, infallibly would, in case it should leak out, I thought it wiser to do so. I hope I did right. I have locked the door and the key is tied to my wrist, so perhaps I shall not again be disturbed. Lucy is sleeping soundly. The reflex of the dawn is high and far over the sea. Wow. Let me take a sip of water here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're not quite done yet. (laughs) Nope. We are not. And
2: this is all in shorthand. I mean, seriously, Mina?
1: Mina. Same day noon. All goes well. Lucy slept to I woke her and seemed not to even change her side. The adventure of the night does not seem to have harmed her. On the contrary, it has benefited her, for she looks better this morning than she has done for weeks. I was sorry to notice that my clumsiness with the safe safety pin hurt her. Indeed, it may have been serious, for the skin of her throat was pierced. I must have pinched up a little piece of loose skin and transfixed it, for there are two little red points like pinpricks. And On the band of her nightdress was a drop of blood. When I apologized and was concerned about it, she laughed and petted me and said she did not even feel it. <laughs> Fortunately, I cannot leave the scar as it is so tiny. Yes, that sounds like something that actually happened. I'm, right. I'm
2: sorry, but
1: like, can you do you have like you? No, that's not that. That Maybe if you're an older person, but if you're uh, 18 or 19 or however whole me and- Lucy and Mina are, you're not going to be able to do that. And, and oh, that's a good question. How old are they? They're they're 20. Yeah, they're about, yeah, they're like 20, right? Yeah, okay.
2: they're 20. And, and okay. I mean, if you get pricked with a safety pin and maybe someone jabs safe- a safety pin through a fold of skin. Right. It, are you going to feel it? Yeah.
1: I mean, we did that to my ear when I was like 16, and it was cool as hell, but I felt it. Right? It's <laughs> and the same cartilage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on. Yes. Same day, night. We passed a happy day. Well, thank God for that. The air was clear. <laughs> the sun bright. There was a cool breeze. Thank you for the weather report, Mina. Right. <laughs> we took our lunch to Mulgrave Woods. Mrs. Westerner driving by the road and Lucy and I walking by the cliff path and joining her at the gate. I felt a little sad myself, for I could not feel Help but feel how absolutely happy it would have been to have Jonathan there with me. But there, I must only be patient. In the evening, we strolled in the casino terrace and heard some good music by Spore and Mackenzie and went to bed early. Lucy seems more restful than she'd been for some time and fell asleep at once. I shall lock the door and secure the key the same as before, though I do not expect any trouble tonight. Oh. famous last words oh, said the did words did you not learn the last words. time right 12 <sighs> August my expectations were wrong <laughs> for surprise <twice>. surprise <laughs> For twice during the night, I was wakened by Lucy trying to get out. She seemed even in her sleep to be a little impatient in finding the door shut, and went back to bed under a sort of protest. I woke with the dawn and heard birds chirping outside the window. Lucy woke too, and was—I was glad to see—was even better than on the previous morning. All of her old gaiety of manner seemed to have come back, and she came and snuggled in beside me and told me all about Arthur. Is Arthur? I'm sort of like Arthur's her imaginary Canadian boyfriend. Right? Have we seen Arthur? We have we, seen we, we have. I'll be back. will be back.
2: The, he wrote the Tingle Talk. <laughs> right.
1: Oh, right, 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 <laughs> right. Tingle right. Talk. I told how anxious I was about Jonathan, and she tried to comfort me. Well, she succeeded somewhat, for though sympathy can't alter facts, it can help to make them more bearable. That's that's a nice thing to say. Sure. Moving on, 13 August, another quiet day and to bed with the key on my wrist as before. Again, I awoke in the night and found Lucy sitting up in bed, still asleep, pointing at the window. I got up quietly and pulled aside the blind, looked out. It was brilliant moonlight and the soft effect of light over the sea and sky merged together in one great silent mystery was beautiful beyond words. Between me and the moonlight flitted a great bat. Coming and going in great whirling circles.
2: <laughs> Once or twice it came
1: quite close, but I was, I suppose, but it was, I suppose, frightened at seeing me and flitted away across the harbor towards the <laughs> Abbey. When I came back from the window, Lucy had lain down again and was sleeping peacefully. She did not stir again all night. 14 wow. August. Oh my God. <laughs> I think we're, we're, we're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming around the clubhouse turn, the, the, the corner. We're coming around the corner. On East Cliff, reading and writing all day, Lucy seems to have become as much in love with the spot as I am, and it's hard to get her away from it when time has come home for lunch or tea or dinner. This afternoon, she made a funny remark. We were coming home for dinner, and she had come to the top of the steps up from West Pia and stopped to look at the view as we generally do. The setting sun, low in the sky, was just dropping behind Kettleness. The red light was thrown over on the east cliff and the old abbey and seemed to behave everything in a beautiful, rosy glow. We were silent for a while, and then suddenly Lucy murmured, as if to herself, His red eyes again. (laughs) They are just the same. It was such an odd expression coming apropos of nothing that it quite startled me. I slowed around a little so as to see Lucy well without seeming to stare at her, and I saw that she was in a half-dreamy state with an odd look on her face that I could not quite make out, so I said nothing but followed her eyes. She appeared to be looking out over our own little seat, whereon was a dark figure seated alone. I was a little startled for myself for it seemed an instant as if the stranger had great eyes like burning flames. But a second look dispelled the illusion. The red sunlight was shining on the windows of St. Mary's Church behind our seat, and as the sun dipped, there was just sufficient change in the refraction and the reflection to make it appear as if the light moved. I called Lucy's attention to the peculiar effect, and she became herself with a start, but looked so sad all the same. She may have been thinking of that terrible night up there. We never referred to it, so I said nothing, and we went home to dinner. Because not talking about something is the best way to make it go away. Right?
2: Absolutely.
1: Bury that shit. (laughs) Lucy had a headache and went early to bed. I saw her asleep and went out for a little stroll myself. I walked along the cliffs to the westward and was full of sweet sadness, for I was thinking of Jonathan. When coming home, it was then bright moonlight, so bright that through the front of our part in the crescent was in shadow, everything could be well seen. I threw up a glance at our window and saw Lucy's head leaning out. I thought perhaps she was looking for me, so I opened my handkerchief and waved it. She did not notice and make any movement, whatever. Just then, the moonlight crept round at an angle of the building and the light fell on the window. There, distinctly, was Lucy with a head lying up against the side of the windowsill and her eyes shut. She was fast asleep, and by her side, seated on the windowsill, was something that looked like a good-sized bird. Spoiler Mm. alert, this is not a bird. Nope. Nope. (laughs) I I was afraid she might get a chill, so I ran upstairs, but I came in the room. She was moving back to her bed, fast asleep, breathing heavily. She was holding her hand to her throat, as though to protect it from the cold. Right. Right. I didn't Or not maybe wake she doesn't up,
2: want you to stab her in the throat with a sick again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I did not wake her, but I tucked her up warmly. I had taken care that the door is locked and the window securely fastened. She looks so sweet as she sleeps, but is paler than is her wont, and there's a drawn, haggard look under her eyes, which I do not like. I fear she's fretting about something. Possibly my friend stabbing my, me through the neck. Right. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I could find out. Or the giant out. bat
2: that comes to hang out. I don't yeah, know.
1: <laughs> I wish I could find out what it is. 15 August. Rose later than usual. Lucy was languid and tired and slept on after we'd been called. We had a happy surprise at breakfast. Arthur's father is better and wants the marriage to come off soon. Lucy is full of quiet joy and a mother is glad and sorry at once. Later on in the day, she told me the cause. She's grieved to lose Lucy as her very own, but she rejoiced that she's soon to have someone to protect her. Poor dear, sweet lady. She confided to me she's got a death warrant. She's not told Lucy and made me promise secrecy. Her doctor told her that within the few months, at most, she must die, for her heart is weakening. Oh, at any time, Lord. even now, a sudden shock would almost surely kill her. Uh, we were wise to keep her from the affair of the dreadful night of Lucy's sleepwalking. Right. Right. Wow. Well, okay. So, mom's getting ready to kick. All right. Mm, 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 Moving mm. on. Seventeen August. No diary for two whole days. I had not the heart to write. Some sort of shadowy pall seems to be coming over our happiness. No news from Jonathan, and Lucy seems to be growing weaker, whilst her mother's hours are numbering to a close. Wait, wait. I thought she had a couple months. It it could be any second. We don't know. Oh God! Whatever. Yeah. I do not understand Lucy's fading away as she's doing. She eats well, sleeps well, enjoys the fresh air, but all the time the roses in her cheeks are fading, and she gets weaker and more languid day by day. At night I hear her gasping as if for air. I keep the okay, key of our that's, sure, she's gasping for air. At night. That's that's what the gasping is all about. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep the, door, the key of our door always fastened to my wrist at night, but she gets to walks about the room and sits at the open window. Last night, I found her leaning out when I woke up, and when I tried to wake her, I could not. She was in a faint. When I managed to restore her, she was weaker, th- as weak as water and cried silently between long, painful struggles for breath. Mm. All right. Um, usually, you have to pay extra for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> when I asked her how she came to be at the window, she shook her head and turned away. I trust her ill feeling may not be from that unlucky prick of the safety pin. I looked at her th- tetra tetanus. <laughs> I looked at her throat just now as she lay asleep, and the tiny wounds seem not to have healed. They are still open, if anything, larger than before, and the edges of them are faintly white. They're like two little white dots with red centers. Unless they heal within a day or two, I shall insist on the doctor seeing about them. Wow. All right. Um, I'm going to take a little break here and yeah. lie down. <laughs> Please carry <laughs> on without Retire me. Retire to I your ne- fainting couch. Yeah, I need, to, uh, <laughs> I need to. I must rest. I'm going to take a walk down to the hob. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So we have a letter from Samuel F. Billington and son solicitors, Whitby, to uh, Mess... Messengers? Masters. Masters. Okay. Carter, Patterson, and Co., London. All right. So somebody in Whitby is sending a letter to people in London. Yeah. 17 August. Dear sirs, herewith please receive invoice of goods sent by Great Northern Railway. Same are to be delivered at Carfax near Perfleet immediately on receipt of goods Receipt at Goods Station, King's Cross. The house is at present empty, but enclosed. Please find keys, all of which are labeled. You will please deposit the boxes, 50 in number, which form the consignment in the partially ruined building forming part of the house and marked A on rough diagram enclosed. Your agent will easily recognize the locality as it is the ancient chapel of the mansion. The goods leave by the train at 9.30 tonight and will be due at King's Cross at 4.30 tomorrow afternoon. As our client wishes the delivery made as soon as possible, we shall be obliged by your having teams ready at King's Cross at the time named and forthwith conveying the goods to destination. In order to obviate any delays possible through any routine requirements as to payment in your department's, we enclose check herewith for £10, receipt of which please acknowledge. Should the charge (laughs) be less than this amount, you can return balance. (laughs) (laughs) Do not keep the change. (laughs) If greater, we shall at once send check for difference on hearing from you. You are to leave the keys on coming away in the main house main hall of the house, where the proprietor may get them on his entering the house by means of his duplicate key. Pray do not take us as exceeding the bounds of business courtesy in pressing you in all ways to use the utmost expedition. We are, dear sirs, faithfully yours, Samuel F. Billington and Son. God uh, are you not triggered by this work email? <laughs> oh my god.
2: <laughs> so, <clears throat> we have a reply. Letter, Masters Carter Patterson and Company, London to Masters Billington and Son, Whitby, 21 August. Dear sirs, We beg to acknowledge 10 pounds received and to return check 1 pound 17 shillings 9 pence amount of overplus as shown in receipted account herewith. Goods delivered in exact accordance with instructions, you nitpicking little mother- and keys left in parcel in Main Hall as directed. We wash <laughs> our hands of this, dear sirs, we are, yours respectfully, Pro Carter, Patterson, and company.
1: I would Do- like to alert the Pulitzer Committee, uh, just for those two last chapters, for some <laughs> of the most beautiful writing I think I've ever read.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, I I feel... I I feel Carter Patterson and Company. <laughs> Fine, I got a right, Great do news. Every
1: great news, everybody. Mina's back! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Mina Murray's journal, eighteen August. I am happy today, and I write <laughs> sitting on the seat in the churchyard. Lucy is ever yeah. so much better. Last night she slept well all night and did not disturb me once. It's like she's talking about her cat, right? <laughs> 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 the roses seem coming back already to her cheeks, although she's still sadly pale and wan-looking. If she were in any way anemic, I could understand it, but she's not. She's in gay spirits, full of life and cheerfulness. All the morbid reticence seems to have passed from her, and has, she has just reminded me, as if I needed any reminding of that night, and that it was here on this very fate seat I found her asleep. As she told me, she tapped playfully with the heel of her boot on the stone slab and said...
0: My poor little feet didn't make much noise. Then, I dare say, poor old Mr. Swales would have told me that it was because I didn't want to wake up Geordie.
1: That is, like, such a weird thing to say. And I thought (laughs) we were talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, well, okay. Well, we've picked the scab, so we're going to continue to do that. All right. As she was in such a communicative humor, I asked her if she had dreamed at all that night. Before she answered, that sweet puckered look came into her forehead, (laughs) which Arthur, I call him Arthur from her habit, says he loves. And indeed, I don't wonder that he does. Then she went on in a half-dreaming kind of way, as if trying to recall it herself. I didn't quite dream, but it
0: all seemed to be real. I only wanted to be here in this spot. I don't know why, for I was afraid of something. I don't know what. I remember, though, I was, I supposed I was asleep passing through the streets and over the bridge. A fish leaped as I went by, and I leaned over to look at it, and I heard a lot of dogs howling. "'The whole town seemed as if it must be full of dogs "'all howling at once as I went up the steps.' Then I had a vague memory of something long and dark with red eyes, Mm. just as we saw in the sunset and something very sweet and very bitter all around me at once. And then I seemed sinking into deep green water and there was a singing in my ears as I've heard there is to drowning men. And then everything seemed passing away from me. My soul seemed to go out of my body and float about the air. Yep. <laughs> I seemed to remember that once the West <laughs> Lighthouse was right under me. And then there was a sort of agonizing feeling as if I were in an earthquake. Oh, God. And I came back and found you shaking my body. I saw you do it before I felt you. There's a so lot this is to a, this here.
1: is yeah this is pretty interesting. I think the interesting thing is that she that uh, Lucy doesn't have the the language to understand what she's experienced. Sex? Oh yeah, yeah. Orgasm. She doesn't. She doesn't have the language. She doesn't yeah. have the context. So she's doing her best. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. Mina, Mina continues. Then she began to laugh. It seemed a little uncanny to me, and I listened to her breathlessly. I did not quite like it and thought it better not to keep her mind on the subject. So we drifted on to other subjects, and Lucy was like her old self again. When we got home, the fresh breeze had braced her up, and her pale cheeks were really more rosy. Her mother rejoiced when she saw her, and we all spent a very happy evening together. 19 August. This is my very, very favorite line in probably the entire book. You ready? <laughs> joy, joy, joy. Joy. <laughs> Although not all joy.
2: <laughs> Clearly her I love that. Ha- her, her fiance has a huge influence on her.
1: <laughs> joy, joy, joy. Although not all joy. At last news of Jonathan, the dear fellow has been ill. That's why he did not write. I am not afraid to think it or say it. Now I know. Mr. Hawkins sent me on the letter and wrote it himself. Oh, so kindly. I'm to leave in the morning and go over to Jonathan and to help nurse him if necessary and bring him home. Mr. Hawkins says it would not be a bad thing if I were to be married out there. I have cried over the good sister's letter till I can feel it wet against my bosom where it lies. It is of Jonathan and must be next to my heart, for he is in my heart. My journey's all mapped out and my luggage ready. I'm only taking one change of dress. Lucy will bring my trunk to London and keep it till I said for it. For it may be that I must write no more. I must keep it to say to Jonathan, my husband, He.
0: (laughs) The letter that he has seen and touched
1: must comfort me till we meet.
2: (laughs) Letter. Sister Agatha, Hospital of St. Joseph and St. Mary Budapest, to Miss Wilhelmina Murray, 12th August. Dear Madam, I write by desire of Mr. Jonathan Harker, who is himself not strong enough to write, do progressing well, thanks to God and St. Joseph and St. Mary. He has been under our care for nearly six weeks, suffering from violent brain fever. He wishes <laughs> me to convey his love. Sprayed
1: water all over my face, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You say it by this post, I write for him to Mr. Peter Hawkins. Why are they always referencing Peter Hawkins by his full name? Mr. Peter Hawkins, etc. To say with dutiful respect that he is sorry for his delay and that all of his work is completed. But okay, he will require some week's rest in our sanatorium in the hills. <laughs> is that code for something? But will then return. He wishes me to say that he has not sufficient money with him and that he would like to pay for his staying here so that others who need shall not be wanting for help. Believe me, yours with sympathy and all blessings, Sister Agatha. P.S. My patient being asleep, I opened this to let you know something more. He has told me all about you and that you are shortly to be his wife. All blessings to you both. He has had some fearful shock, so says our doctor, in his, and in his delirium, his ravings have been dreadful of wolves and poison and blood, of ghosts and demons, and I fear to say, of what? Maybe? <laughs> be careful with him always, that there may be nothing to excite him of this kind for a long time. <laughs> that aged well. Right? The traces yeah. of such an illness as his do not lightly die away. We should have written long ago, but we know nothing of his friend, and there was on him nothing that anyone could understand. He came in train from Klausenberg, and the guard was told by stationmaster that he rushed into the station shouting for ticket home. Seeing from his violent demeanor that he was English, they're like, give him ticket for further station on the way that the train reached.
1: Here's a bus ticket, buddy.
2: Like, they don't fucking charge him for it. They're like, okay, get this crazy guy out of here. (laughs) Be assured he is well cared for. He has won all hearts by his sweetness and gentleness and his indecision. He is truly getting on well, and I have no doubt will in a few weeks be all himself. But be careful of him for safety's sake. There are, I pray God and St. Joseph and St. Mary, many, many happy years for you both.
0: Okay. Dr. Seward's diary. I've totally spaced out what accent I was using for him, so we're just going to... Make him normal. normal. Yeah. Yeah. 19 August. Strange and sudden change in Renfield last night. About 8 o'clock, he began to get excited and sniff about as a dog does when settling. The attendant was struck by his manner and, knowing my interest in him, encouraged him to talk. He is usually respectful to the attendant and, at times, servile. But tonight, the man tells me he was quite haughty. Would not condescend to talk with him at all. All he would say was, I don't want to talk to you. You don't count now. The master is at hand. <laughs> the attendant thinks it is some sudden form of religious mania which has seized him. If so, we must look out for squalls, for a strong man with homicidal and religious mania at once might be dangerous. The combination The master is, of
1: the obvious is me? Right. <laughs>
0: The combination is a dreadful one. At nine o'clock, I visited myself. His attitude to me was the same as that to the attendant. In his sublime self-feeling, the difference between myself and attendant seemed to him as nothing. It looks like religious mania, and he will soon think that he himself is God. These infinitesim, infinitesim, I can't say that word. Infinitesimal. Thank you. Distinctions between man and man are too paltry for an omnipotent being. How these madmen give themselves away. The real god taketh heed lest a sparrow fall, but the god created from human vanity sees no difference between an eagle and a sparrow. Or a bat. Oh, if men only knew. But apparently you do. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For half an hour or more, Renfield kept getting excited in greater and greater degree. I did not pretend to be watching him, but I kept strict observation all the same. All at once, that shifty look came into his eyes, which we always see when a madman has seized an idea, and with it, the shifty movement of the head and back the head and back which asylum attendants come to know so well he became quiet quite quiet and went and sat on the edge of his bed resignedly oof
1: I need some (laughs) vodka I really need vodka
0: (laughs) and looked into space with lackluster eyes I thought I would find out if if his apathy were real or only assumed and tried to lead him to talk of his pets a theme which had never failed to excite his attention. At first, he made no reply, but at length said testily. Bother them all. I don't care a pin about them. What? I said, you don't mean to tell me you don't care about spiders? Spiders at present are his hobby, and the notebook is filling up with columns of small figures. To this, he answered enigmatically, the bride maidens rejoice the eyes
2: that wait the coming of the bride. But when the bride draws night, then the maidens shine not to the eyes that are filled, I have no idea what that means. Ooh, Nor I.
0: But it's creepy, Master. It is creepy. He would not explain himself, but remained obstinately seated on his bed at all time, all the time I remained with him. I am weary tonight and low in spirits. I cannot but think of Lucy and how different things might have been. If I don't sleep at once, chloral, the modern Morpheus. Called it. <laughs> is, he, is he giving the chemical compound here? He's writing yes. it down. C2-H-C-I-3-O? Yes. H-2-O.
1: Yeah. Don't make this at I, home, I, kids. I know H-2-O. That's water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I must be careful not to let it grow into a habit. Too late. More famous oh, last words yet (laughs) (laughs) no i shall take none tonight i have thought of lucy and i shall not dishonor her by mixing the two i need if need be tonight shall be sleepless (laughs) later Mm -hmm. glad i made the resolution gladder that i kept to it Allegedly, I had lain <laughs> tossing about and had heard the clock strike only twice when the night watchman came to me, sent up from the ward to say that Renfield had escaped. I'm free. Pretty- I threw on my clothes and ran down at once. My patient is too dangerous a person to be roaming about. Those ideas of his might work out dangerously with strangers. The attendant was waiting for me. He said he had seen him not 10 minutes before, seemingly asleep in his bed when he had looked through the observation trap in the door. His attention was called by the sound of the window being wrenched out. He ran back and saw his feet disappear through the window and had at once sent up for me. He was only in his night gear and cannot be far off. Oh, another the a-
2: one running around in his mm-hmm. nightie. In
0: their yeah. nightgown. <laughs> the attendant thought it would be more useful to watch where he should go than to follow him, as he might lose sight of him whilst getting out of the building by the door. He is a bulky man and couldn't get through the window. I am thin, so with his aid, I got out. But feet foremost, and as we were only a few feet above the ground, landed unhurt. Nice work, Superman. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, you think all that's impressive? Work, Try scaling out. the outside of a wall. Yeah, right. Upside down. Right. Into a window down to the left. <laughs> God damn it, Jennifer. <laughs> the attendant. <laughs> okay. <sighs> all right. The attendant told me the pa- the patient had gone to the left. God damn it. Die. You- and had taken a straight line. So I ran as quickly as I could. As I got through the belt of trees, I saw a white figure scale the high wall which separates <laughs> our grounds from those of the
1: deserted house. This, Kate, is this an example of kismet? Uh, <laughs> Am I? No, using that it's an word example correctly? of really,
2: really
0: fucking bad irony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I ran back at once, told the watchman to get three or four men immediately and follow me into the grounds of Carfax in case our friend might be dangerous. I got a ladder myself and, crossing the wall, dropped down on the other side. But you can't scale it? I could see Renfield's <laughs> figure just disappearing <laughs> behind the angle of the house, so I ran after him. On the far side of the house, I found him pressed close against the old iron-bound oak door of the chapel, He was talking, apparently, to someone, but I was afraid to go near enough to hear what he was saying, lest I might frighten him and he should run off. Oh, that's why you're afraid? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's go with that. (laughs) Chasing an errant swarm of bees is nothing to following a naked lunatic.
1: (laughs) I guess that's true.
0: (laughs) So now he doesn't even have a nightgown on? or whatever caught in the trees maybe (laughs) (laughs) when the fit of escaping is upon him after a few minutes however i could see that he did not take note of anything around him and so ventured to draw nearer to him the more so as my men had now crossed the wall and were closing him in yeah now he's got backup yeah (laughs) uh i
2: heard him say "'I am here to do your bidding, Master. "'I am your slave, and you will reward me, for I shall be faithful. "'I have worshipped you long and far off. "'Now that you are near, I await your commands, "'and you will not pass me by, will you, dear Master, "'in your distribution of good things?'
0: "'He is a selfish old beggar anyhow.' He thinks of the loaves and fishes even when he believes he is in a real presence. His manias make a startling combination. When he closed <laughs> when we closed in on him, he fought like a tiger. Yeah. He is immensely strong, for he was more like a wild beast than a man. I never saw a lunatic in such a paroxysm paroxysm of rage, paroxysm of rage before and I hope I shall not again. It is a mercy that we have found out his strength and his danger in good time. With strength and determination like his, he might have done wild work before he was caged. He is safe now at any rate. Jack Shepard himself couldn't get free from the straight waistcoat that keeps him restrained, and he's chained to the wall in the padded room. His cries are at times awful, but the silences that follow are more deadly still. For he means murder in every turn and movement. Just now, he spoke coherent words for the first time.
2: I shall be patient, Master. It is coming, coming, coming.
0: <laughs> Where else have I heard that before? <laughs> so I took the hint and came to I I was too excited to sleep but this diary has quieted me and I feel I shall get some sleep tonight
1: okay Uh, first of all I'd like to contact the American Medical Association because this cannot be standard
2: practice (laughs) is that code for something
0: (laughs) Oh, oh my goodness
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah, that that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. Thank God we got the receipts there in the middle.
0: Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. And, <laughs> and <there's> change. <laughs>
2: one pound twelve shillings and yeah. Eight whatever. And, yeah. Yeah. That was All right. that was good. <laughs> All right. So Kate, yeah. what's next? Well, tomorrow we get Mina gets married unless Jonathan oh my god, changes, unless Jonathan changes
0: his mind, it could happen. I Feel the clamp.
2: <laughs> Lucy nice. gets sick. Arthur is about as interesting as an unsalted saltine cracker, and Doctor Seward has his hands full. <laughs>
1: This is great. Oh, this is going to be fun. (laughs) Don't forget to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash drunk mythology gals. That's right.
0: Month of October, we have the Drunk Dracula Gals tier for $1. You get all these Dracula episodes a whole lot sooner. But wait, there's more.
1: How is that possible?
0: (laughs) You also get access to all of our other Lit Crit Hour episodes, fairy tales, uh Destruction of fairy tales. Destruction of fair elementary school writings. Yeah, there's yeah, some good stuff in there. There's yeah. some gems. There, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the
2: dinosaur who asked, "How you doing?"
0: That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, thanks again for joining us. Please subscribe, leave a rating, a review, and tell your friends and family about us, especially if they have a habit of walking out of their room in their nighty and possibly running around banging on people's doors or reclining on benches and, um, well, we'll just leave it at that. Falling into the, uh, the gentle arms of Morpheus. <laughs> the, or drowning in a deep green sea. Who knew? Yeah. Finally, always remember, if the undead can behave badly, then so can you.